Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Mark Tucker, and welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Oh, another week. Yeah, lots, lots going on. Always is lots going on, isn't it? You know, we've got, uh, we've got our anniversary coming up. We've got Alexa Live coming up in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, there's um, lots of things happening. Lots of things happening. But, you know, it's, it's also been exciting for me to kind of, uh, I'm, getting, I'm getting back into the Stack Overflow uh, crowd and, uh, and seeing the questions that are raising there and, and so forth. And I stumbled across a question this week, which I thought was, was interesting. It wasn't uh, a question, you know, it was a question that we've seen lots, but it kind of occurred to me that these days we've got lots of different approaches to the question. Um, and I'm kind of curious to see how, how would we handle this under two flavors of dialogue flow, uh, Alexa, using the skills kit and, you know, maybe, maybe Jovo or some other stuff. So, so let me, let me outline the scenario. Imagine, for example, that we are in a, a voice-driven app where we're collecting uh, what you want to order at a food ordering site. Okay. So the conversation may go something like, I'd like to order a hamburger. Okay. One hamburger. What else would you like? Uh, let me also order a large Coke. Okay, I've added a large Coke to your order. What else would you like? Uh, let me also get some uh, small order of fries. Okay, small order of fries added to your order. What else would you like? Uh, that's going to be it. So okay. that, that's kind of the, the conversation scenario that we have. And we can see how a designer would you know, also want to say, Maybe they'll say fries and we need to prompt for small fries. And, you know, so we can see how it can be complicated, each of those, those rounds. But let's not deal with that part this session. Um, but it does mean that each turn, we're kind of looking to, to do the same thing. We're expecting the same kind of utterance from the person. And that's one item that they're ordering. One item to the order. Now, you know, to, to be honest, even in this simple case, we've got a slot for like small, medium, large. We've got a slot for Coke or hamburger or fries. So even in the simple item, there might be a couple of different slots. But in essence, we are adding one item to an order. And we're doing that an undefined amount of time until... Until they say says, we're done. Like, yeah. That's it, whatever. And then and then you know that that they're done with the order and you can like sum up the Total, do whatever, whatever it is. But we're, we're talking specifically about the point of, of iterating multiple times, asking the same question over and over again, getting, you know, collecting each of the different responses until the, uh, the user chooses to move on. Right. And again, your design team might say, you know, we're actually going to prompt for this and then, you know, give them a total and prompt if they want another item or, you know, so there's, there's all sorts of variants on this. Right. But the core of it is, as you said, we're, we're iterating over something. We're, we're iterating multiple times and expecting the same intent each time. But we're collecting each of the different responses for that one intent someplace. Yes. That's, that's separate. Okay. All right. and, and yes. So okay. the, the question kind of 
boiled down to, well, the way that the question was phrased was, how do I trigger this intent recursively? And, and in some ways you don't. Right, you don't. And well, I, I would even go so far as to argue as we as developers don't trigger intents. Users trigger Users intents. trigger intents. We and, control the responses and the, and the questions that are being asked um, exactly. and the state, the context or the state that we're keeping. Yeah. Yep. So, so maybe even we should start by, by making sure we're clear on a definition. How, how do we define an intent? What's an intent? What do we mean when we say an intent? So uh, multiple utterances of what people could say would match to a single intent, which is what is the action or the thing that you want to have happen? Um, and that uh, could be just uh, triggering something or it could uh, turn into asking a question for information and then listening for certain intents that would would be valid in that context to gather additional information and and uh, you know kind of control the flow in, in kind of like a little you know boxed in area where it's like going to keep through until you get all the stuff that has to do with that thing that action done and once you have everything that you need for the action then then you would call the API to actually make the order or yeah. the yeah. so I I like thinking of intents as what is the user trying to do what are they trying to express to us. And in some cases that might be a command, in some cases that might be part of the order, but it, it's, it's, it's the atomic nugget of what the user is trying to express. Yeah. And it's, in some ways it's an abstract concept. So it's not the phrases that they might use, but it, it kind of says here are a bunch of phrases, all of which mean the same thing. And it's that thing that it means. Yeah. What do, what do you want to have happen? Right. Exactly. That could that could be in you know order well, adding not, an not, item to an order. No, no. So so here's be, the thing. Uh, no, no, no. You you, yeah. you fell into the trap. I think. And I, I did. I probably did. Go ahead. Right. It's not what you want to have happen. It's what you are expressing, and what happens depends on a whole bunch of other. I mean, that's the whole concept yeah, yeah. of of an that's outtent. True. Yep. Right. You know, what, what happens depends on a bunch of other factors. It's, you know, but what you are expressing is the intent, what you are, you are trying to get across and how we handle that is done by a handler. And yep. what we say in response is what you and I have started calling outtents. Correct. Um, but an intent is what the, the human is saying or doing or, Something. It could be a, it could be a, a, an action you want to have happen. It could be a piece of information that you want to collect. So now that we, so with the the understanding, as much as anybody understands, of <laughs> of what an intent is, pick a system. How would how would you handle that? How would you handle this scenario? Well, um, some of the things I would like to identify. So I'll, I'll, I'll start off with Jovo. And the what I'm going to start off with actually is Jovo version 3. And, and the way that they handle this kind of encapsulating a, a, a part of the conversation and the list of intents that are valid for that portion of the conversation. 
the way that that is is boxed or encapsulated um, in Jovo version three is through a state. You give it a name and then you list the different intents that are within that state that are valid. And if there's a state that's not valid, it could be handled by something that's called um, unhandled, meaning that it might be an intent that's in the system, but it's not one that you're wanting to have handled in this context. And so it just kind of drops everything else that's not listed. You know, some other intent is all just gonna go down to unhandled because it's, you know, you, it's not one that you wanna handle. The other one is like a fallback. If you say something that's not handled by any intent at all, and in those cases, those are kind of handled the same way. So that's, but the, the way, the thing that encapsulates it is state. In Jovo version four, the thing that would encapsulate that would be a component. They operate fairly similarly. And so, so kind of uh, th that's, that's how, you know, kind of how you would structure your code would be inside of a state or inside of a component to handle that encapsulating of the part of the conversation. You're going to want to keep track of all the, the information that you collect through these different intents, like, uh, you know, what's your food order is. Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably something that you just want to have around for the length of the session. So some, you know, some, some place in session storage where you, an array of items that you want to have, you know, part of your order. So that's, that's, that's kind of another piece that, that, that's important. Okay. So kind of reviewing, I think, making sure I follow, mm -hmm. we would have some intent defined that's, you know, start an order. Yep. And that would change our state into a place where we're now collecting the order. Yeah. And I so might, it'd be like, it might be like collect or collect um, order items state or something like that. Right. And as part of this, somehow we would, you know, prompt the user, what would you like to order? Yep. And then we'd have another intent that is only valid in that state. Yep. That collects the, a burger, a small yeah. fries. So, so an intent with all of those phrases. And then how do we stay in the state? Okay. Well, that's a question. How do we stay in the state? Yeah, no, that's a good, that, that is a good question. Else? And so, then how do we transition out of that state when I say that's all? Yeah. So um, like you said, there's some intent that's going to push us into this state. It's going to say, now you're, now you're in this state and there's going to be at least two intents. One intent is going to be the thing that collects the information of the item for the order and the intent that is the, this is the way to exit out of that. So you could, that could be cancel. It could be a, a phrase that would map to intent. That would be, that's all, uh, I'm done, no more items, that's it, you know, whatever it is. So you're gonna have at least two different intents that are specific. Uh, one is going to be the, the collect information intent and the other ones do exit out of the state or, you know, uh, you know I'm mm -hmm. done intent. So. The way that this gets structured a lot of times, and, and, I'll, and I'll say again, when I'm, I'll just talk about states, but when I'm saying state, you can think in Jovo 4 component because it's really the same, same concept. Um, so what you would do, and, and what I like to do in essence is I like to have inside of my state, a, a handler called start. And my start handler is going to be the thing that asks the question, or it's going to interrogate the current state and determine um, what question you ask. If it, uh -huh. it, it, it could be you know, checking to see um, if a specific slot is filled. So like maybe they only provided like 
fries and then you have to circle back and ask like, is that a large, medium or, you know, small fry? Um, so, but, 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 you know, let's just keep it simple that, that every time right now the, the, the customer is going to fill out all of the, the, the required slots in one utterance that they, they give. Um, but what you're going to do is it will check and see. Um, well, in this case, there probably isn't anything to check. It's just going to ask the question, what would you like? Um, what would you like to order? So now you're inside that state. The responses come back. There's a, a you know, mic's open. It's waiting for you to respond. And you say, uh, small fry. So that intent that says small fry is the thing that's going to get in, get triggered. And I'll say, cool, I've, I, I've got my information. I have enough information. I'm going to add to my session storage um, an item into my array of my what my order is. And it's going to be small fry. Like, cool. So, but then what it's going to do is it's going to ask the same question again. And that could either just be mm -hmm. a response that happens inside that same intent, or you can delegate to the start handler again, and it will ask the same question. It, it can like check to see. Da, da, da. Um, so you're going to keep doing that. When you finally say that's it, the other intent's going to fire. And you'll know at that point in time that you can take what you stored in session storage and you can direct to some other handler that's outside of the state or, you know, that's still, it could still be part of the state, but you're going to do whatever you're going to do as far as like calling the API to add things. And then you might say, great, your order's been handled. And then um, in Jovo 3, you would set the state to empty, which means now you're back to global, which is kind of the case when you're like a main menu type of thing. Uh -huh. um, so now you're kind of outside of that and, and the things that applied at the global level that were available before, um, are, are available again. Okay. So interesting. All of that is similar, but not identical to how Dialogflow CX would handle this. Now, Dialogflow CX is the, the most recent version of Dialogflow, which is completely different than Dialogflow ES or Dialogflow Essentials. And I'll talk about how it does it in a minute. Um, CX has this notion of what they call pages. And for anybody who's familiar with how uh, Actions on Google Action Builder worked, it's very, they're very similar. This is what Action Builder called a scene. I like the term scene better, personally. Um, but in a, in a page, you can define a bunch of things. And one of the things you can define are what happens on entry into the page. So this is where you would prompt for something or call a handler to figure out what you need to prompt. Um, you can also then define the slots that need to be filled in the scene and under what conditions you will consider those slots having been filled. So you don't need an intent defined to prompt for slots. That's something that you can define as the scene itself. You can also build a, an intent to do that, but you don't need to. It's one of the things that, that it kind of shortcuts for you. But then you would also define an intent that would be fired at, or you would define an intent and set that intent to be valid in this scene page, right? You would define an intent that is valid in this page that would exit out. So when you say I'm all done, that would be your way out. Um, so there's, there's now two other things that you would need to define. One is 
under what conditions you have filled all the slots. And okay. then you would call a handler to do something with that, add it to the state, you know, add it to make APIs calls, whatever. Um, and then you would do what they call transition to a new page, except that new page is the exact same page. And by transitioning back to the same page, it essentially resets all the slots, prompts you again for on entry, and lets you fill out the slots again. Or if you said something like, I'm all done, that would match the intent, which could trigger the handler or even just straight out transition to another page, which then reviews the orders, calls a handler to process it, whatever. You know, so there's yeah. so it's very similar in the sense that you've got this state machine. And again, for developers, state machines are kind of things we're familiar with. Um, and you just keep transitioning back into the same node on that state machine until you you finished it. Yeah. Um, which I think is it's something that I feel like designers, when they're when they're developing the flow, it makes sense to them. As developers, it makes sense to us because it's a state machine. Um, it also it's it's pretty straightforward, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, <clears throat> so it it just you know keeps you know, going back. How how would you handle a situation though if you're on that page? <laughs> and you say something that's not one of the one of the slot. That that's building. a good question. So CX defines well for starters, you could set up intents that are valid only on that page. Okay, makes sense. Um, and if one of those fires, then then good. Or you can set up global intents. At least I think you can set up global intents. It might, I think so. And global intents are, as their name kind of suggests, things that make sense anywhere. So if, for example, if I'm at that order and I say, some, you know, the prompt is, what would you like to order? And I then say, what are your specials today? That's not something I might necessarily think to attach to that, but I might have a global intent of what are your specials. And as part of that, um, that might either launch me onto another page, which would prompt the out, you know, give the output, ask if there are any other questions about the specials, and then pop back to the previous page to again you, prompt for what would you like to order, or you, do some would, other stuff. is there is there any need to keep the state? Probably not. You wouldn't like if you were to leave. If you said, what are your, like, it's like, what of do you want to order? order? And you say, what are your specials? You've kind of taken that turn of the conversation to ask for what the specials are. You probably, you wouldn't have right. said, there, said any value. So there's really no state that would have to be kept. And the, and the, and the, well, you know, you can jumping you off sort, and then jumping back in. Right. You could sort of think that there might be. So for example, if, um, if I said, you know, I'd like to order a soda you know, in, in an expanded version of that. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I'd like to order soda. And, you know, the prompt would come back, what kind of soda would you like? Well, I might then ask, well, what kind of soda do you have? True. That takes me out 
to the description of the sodas returns me back in and prompts again, what would you like, you know, maybe that says what kind of sodas do you like again? Or maybe it says, what would you like to order? And I don't know. Uh, is, there, is there a way to tell the page to, because because we've got a case where when we were when we finished an item, we just kind of recalled called that page again for the next item, and and the state was cleared. But we've right. got another situation where we've asked a side question or for clarification, and we've left to a different page, and we've come back. Is there a way to preserve the state, or is that something that you have to do before you leave and like put that in session storage someplace? So when you come back in, check to see if. Well, it, it automatically, it's automatic, every, your slots are automatically put into session storage for you. Okay. Um, this is a case though, where I might want to handle that separately, that when I get moved out, I might want to, to push it aside. There is nothing, there is no notion, at least I don't think there is a notion of page state as opposed to session state. Or like even like a paid stack that right. would keep there. There is a stack, I believe. I think. Oh, well, is there? There is either a stack or I implemented that stack as part of multivocal because I thought it made sense. I don't remember now. <laughs> so that's a good question. I, I I'm pretty sure there is there is I'm pretty sure there is no page state, which kind of suggests that anything that you want to have as page like state, you'll need to manage yourself. Okay. Um, but that's a good question. It's certainly a feature that kind of makes sense, again, as we think about it in terms of understanding state machines. Now, and this, and this is for Dialogflow, which version again? Because I always get confused. This is for CX. That's the modern version of it. And that's, and that's is that primarily for like call center yeah, that, stuff? What's, that's the one that's aimed at call centers. Okay, all right. The, the ES is the essential, which was the original Dialogflow, which is the, the only way to create actions on Google in the beginning. Correct. It was the original way to create actions on Google before Action Builder. Action Builder is very similar in a lot of ways to, to CX, but they kind of diverged a little bit. So a couple um, different teams, two different teams working on. Very clearly two different teams working on it. ES, yeah, ES uh, has a, a very different approach to how it needs to be done. It has a notion of uh, state built into what it refers to as context. Okay. And you can indicate that there are intents. And again, we, everything is very intent-based in, uh, in ES. But you can indicate that an intent is only valid when certain contexts are valid. So in yeah. this case, the way I'd handle it using ES is, you know, when the user says, I'd like to place an order, I would create a context called placing order, send back the prompt, okay, what would you like to order? And I then have an intent to collect their order that relies on the placing order intent being valid, what they call an input context. So the input okay. context would have to be placing order. And then when the user said, you know, uh, large fries, send that off to the, the webhook handler. The webhook handler would add that to the, either add that to the context, which is how state is managed in 
NES. So add it to that context, reset the lifespan of that context to some relatively large number, prompt for, okay, what else would you like? And then that's how that, you know, and then when the user says it again, it would still be triggered. Or if the user said something like that, you know, I'd also have a separate intent called done with order that again would only be valid for the, what did I call it? Placing order context? I already forgot. Um, <laughs> Good enough. Yeah, the placing, the, the, the same context. Um, and when it got triggered, have a handler for it that would now collect everything that was in there, add it to some other state or do the action or whatever, and then delete that context so that I couldn't then accidentally keep re-adding stuff to an order that was already placed. Ah, uh, yeah. So, so it's important both that you create the context to make sure, so that you know which intents are valid and then delete the context when you no longer want those intents triggered in this way. Okay. So it's the same notion, but different, but, but it's a, it's, kind of flipped in how you need to think about it. Fair enough. So, so I've got a question. How would we handle this using the Alexa skills kit? And okay. you know, without Jovo, without you know, all of our, our niceties. So the easy answer is I'm not sure. <laughs> the, um, a little bit more informed is way back when, when I did Alexa skills kit version one SDK, they, they did have the concept of state. And as I recall, it was about that time transitioning that I was transitioning to Ask SDK 2 that I started using Jomo. So as I recall, that concept of a state did not carry over. So there isn't anything built in to say, hey, I'm setting the state to this. But because you have session storage, um, then there's nothing from stopping you from creating a variable called state or whatever and, mm -hmm. and doing the same thing. Um, and then because you have, um, because handlers on Alexa SDK V2 have this kind of uh, can handle that gets called before the handler gets called, then you can check to see, you, you can either check to see if the, the state's been defined and only have certain things happen when in, inside that state, or you can um, uh, once once you're inside the handler, then you can you know check the state, check or, the state, and see if if this is valid or not for where you are. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's kind of more of a uh, exercises left to the reader uh, kind of uh, kind of thing where you 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 have to implement it yourself. As, as I recall, I'm, I'm well, it's I, and I long time. yeah. I think it's a valid point in, in either way to think about the fact that handling these sorts of things using a, a state machine um, where something, whether that's something you control or something that the system provides for you, manages the state and knows which intents are valid and how to handle it in each of those states um, is certainly the way to, the, the most logical way to approach this. It is, and, and I, and I... You 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 said you use the word state machine quite a bit, and I and I, I I need to be careful about that because if you were to like look up 
you know, how do you do state machines? It's like, I'm in this state and then I cause this transition to happen. And now I'm in this state and I cause this transition to happen. It's not that it's not the, like the state machine heavy or state machine standard that you're used to. True. But, you know, okay. And and I realize that I'm approaching this from a computer science perspective, not a management perspective. So that's a, that's a fair point. Um, Um, so, so when I say state, I'm, I'm really just talking about, it's a named context of where you are in the conversation because, um, you know, you could model the whole thing in, in like a, in a, you know, well-defined state machine that's rigid and say, when you're in this state, these are the only transitions that you can make to these states. And you could have then your intent then trigger the transition to happen to a different state which is and have that all modeled in the state machine whereas this is this is a little lighter well yes i mean i don't think it needs i mean i don't think a state machine needs to be that heavy i've built state machines that are really just you know strings and list of transition strings and where they go to and that's pretty straightforward but but that model is exactly what it sounds like Jovo 3, Jovo 4, and Dialogflow CX all have modeled. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is like my non-CS background. Um, uh, exploration kind of uh, in, into state machines on my own. That maybe, so maybe I just have a different perspective on, on, on state machines. Everything, you know, back when I was doing .NET and state machines, and it seemed like it was very very heavy and very rigid and you had to model every, you know, every state possible and, transition. Every, and, every, and every possible transition. Yeah. And there was some That's sort of point. class that says you're, you know, I'm transferring from, you know, to this trans, you know, I'm making this transition happen and kind of the state of where the transition was happening was, act, was, was part of like the state machine itself or the engine that the state machine was running in. Whereas it's not, it's not, it's not that same way. With. No, I think that's a fair point because even on, on again on both the models, you know, on on a CX, even within this node mod, you know, uh, framework, there are things that can still be called from outside the node. Yeah. And on Jovo's uh, framework, you know, yes, there are clear transitions, but there's also the fallback and the global. You know, so so we do have these yeah. these things that exist outside of the node that we may be in. So that's that's a fair point. Yeah, and and you know, if you're inside of like, I don't know, how would you think about this? This if you were in a, um, well, I guess maybe it's ordering, but I, I, I'm thinking like in a situation with the with the, like a desktop application, and there's a wizard where you go to, you know, here's page one and you enter values in page one, and then you go to page two and you enter values in page three and two, and you go all the way through. And now you're, now you're done with the, the, you know, the list of tasks. That's a very Um, rigid state machine. That's a fair point. Yeah. And if you, if you think about that in the, um, you know, in the, in the context of, of, or at least what you can do with, with Jovo is in the version three, you can have states and substates and substates of those states, and mm-hmm. and um, and the same thing with components. You can have components that are have subcomponents that have you know, subcomponents. So so you you could nest states, um, which isn't necessarily a concept that you would ne- necessarily do in a in a, in a state machine. 
Um, there, are know, state there are state machines that model substate machines. That's not that okay. from, from a computer science point of view anyway. Yeah. That makes sense because there, again, if you think of it in terms of you, you have a node and inside it are a bunch of other nodes. The only way to transition out of the big node is to be in a little node that's in a correct place and transition yeah. and, and get a okay. transition out. And you can't do it unless you're in one of those nodes. Um, Fair enough. You know, but that starts really getting into the mathematical side of computer science and how practical that is. Yeah. Is certainly questionable. All, so it's so a very fair point that, yeah, I, I very much think of it in terms of a state machine because that's my CS background. Um, but readily acknowledge that there are practical reasons for breaking a pure state machine model. Yeah. So any, anything else you want to, any, any other <laughs> thoughts on how to approach this? Uh, I've, I've got one more, but it's more of a quite an open question for, for everyone else. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, go for it. I'm yeah. I'm so, I, I can't think of anything else. So there, there's one other big player that we kind of haven't touched on. And that's how would we handle this using Alexa conversations? That that was in the back of my mind as right. we were talking about it. But I have no idea. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting question. And I would really love to hear from people who have worked with Alexa conversations to uh, discuss with us or possibly come on a future episode to discuss with us how you would handle this kind of scenario using Alexa conversations. Because I, I, I do understand like the, the gist of Alexa conversations is that you want to gather all the information that you need to have something happen. Right. And where conversations excels is that place where you've got these different slots that are defined and, and you might provide one of the slots, you might provide eight of the slots in one utterance, and but some of them are required. And so then it's going to prompt you for the other missing slots. But then, um, you know, maybe the thing that happens at the end of the collecting of all the required information is to add that item to a, an array of things. And, it's, and ask for it again. Yeah. And then ask for it again. So maybe, maybe that is the the answer, but I, you know, the, the detail, uh, implementation details is not something that um, I'm familiar with. Yeah. It's also supposed to let you do things like, you know, go back and say, you know, correct your I mean statement a, or- you know, I mean a strawberry shake. Yeah. Or, Large fries, not a small fries. Yeah. Yeah. So it's supposed to let you do those things, but um, I'm really curious to see how, how that would fit into this question. So if you are out there and you're familiar with the, with Alexa Conversations. We'd love to hear about it. You can find us on Twitter, on LinkedIn, comment below, join my office hours, find us on Voice Lunch. We are all around and we would love to either talk with you or invite you on to another episode, Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, Ellen. Take care, Mark. Have a good week. Thank you. You too.